Hello and welcome to Where the Rubber Meets the Road podcast by Safe Ride for Kids. You know, driving is the most dangerous activity that we do every day, but we recognize that your family has places to be and things to do. At Safe Ride for Kids, we help you arrive safely by equipping you with innovative products and unbiased information from our team of certified safety experts. I'm Greg DeRocher, and today I'm the co-founder and CEO at Safe Ride for Kids. But my first career was as a firefighter paramedic, where unfortunately I got to see firsthand the devastation that can be caused from car crashes. Um, And that's where I got started in the injury prevention education field as a certified child passenger safety technician back in 2000. And um, the reason I got started in that is because uh, children are really largely dependent upon the choices that their parents make uh, to keep them safe in the car. I've been an instructor of the car seat curriculum, certifying technicians since 2001. I am Amy DeRocher, co-founder and creative director at Safe Ride for Kids. I became a certified child passenger safety technician back in 2004. I write most of the content for our website, and I'm a mother of three. Today, we will be talking about traveling with kids and car seats. Oh, what fun it is. (laughs) Yeah, it's so much fun going through the airport with that heavy thing on your back. It's great. (laughs) So um, there's a lot of different things that a parent needs to be thinking about when they are getting ready to go on a trip with their kids. Um, There's a lot of, there's, you know, multiple stages. There's getting from the, you know, from where you're parking your car, getting dropped off at the airport. And and in this conversation, we're going to be talking mostly about traveling by airplane with your kids. Um, You know, obviously if you're hopping in your own car and going on a road trip, Uh, There are things you need to think about, but you're taking your car seats with you and hopefully they've been properly installed and inspected and all that fun stuff. But once you um, throw an airplane travel into the mix, there's a lot that you need to be thinking about. (laughs) And I hope you've been working out. Yeah. (laughs) Lifting those weights. Um, So what are some of the things that you need to be thinking about? Um, I think the first, uh, you know, obviously you're going to be taking time of day, uh, the length of the trip, layovers, all of these things come into play and should be part of your planning process. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just to start with the planning, you know, whether or not, depending on how old your child is, is it a, a lap child as the airlines would call it, where a child under two can sit on your lap and you don't have to buy an extra seat and save that cost. Is that really a good idea? Um, or should you be buying a, an extra seat for that young infant child and putting and bringing their car seat? You know, I think gone are the days when you could plan on there being an open seat on the airplane and uh, the airline just letting you put your kid in an open seat. I think they've they pretty much oversell every flight as much as possible these days, especially with the whole. Um, well, they've been cutting flights to keep the flights full. So, right. Yep. You're not going to knock out. <laughs> I mean, most, I wouldn't plan. I, on I, it. Yeah. I wouldn't plan on it. Um, 
But let's talk about the FAA and, um, you know, well, let's talk about the, the first choice you have to make is, are you going to be taking your car seats with you on vacation? Um, and I think there's some things to consider. It depends, like Amy said, how old are your kids and uh, how big, bulky, and heavy are your car seats? Right. We, um, when, our car, when our kids were infants, we would travel with the infant carrier. That was fairly easy. Infant carriers were smaller then because they only went up to 20 pounds and now they go up to, I think all of them go up to 30. 30 or 35 pounds, yeah. <clears throat> um, so they're smaller then, um, but it's relatively easy to travel with an infant carrier. So let's talk about that real quick. Um, a lot of parents are a lot of infant carrier seats. And when we say infant carrier, what we're talking about is the type of car seat that is a rear facing only car seat that has a detachable carrier with a base that stays in the car. That's kind of by definition an infant carrier. Now, what a lot of folks may not understand or recognize is that that carrier, the, the baby carrier car seat part of it, in almost all brands can actually be installed in a car seat or in a vehicle. Or a plane or a plane without the base, you know, the base part that is oftentimes pretty heavy and bulky doesn't, the, 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 the carrier is designed to be installed as a standalone car seat. And, um, when you're doing that, um, you want to make sure. So if you can imagine when you take that carrier and you put it into, say, the airplane seat or the vehicle seat on the other end, there's going to be a big void at the foot of the child, you know, between the car seat and the vehicle seat, between the child safety seat and the car vehicle seat. It's pretty easy to um, over-incline. Correct. So, you know, you want to be thinking about making sure that your child's at the correct angle and that they stay that way. Um, so one of the things that we did when we were lugging our kids around in infant carriers is we actually took a rolled beach towel on vacation with us. It was light. It was easy to, to handle. And we just used that as a space filler to fill that void so we could get the seatbelt tight and, and maintain correct, uh, car seat installation angle for the baby. Um, so one, look in your owner's manual, the instruction manual for your infant carrier and determine if your seat can be installed without the base. And if so, uh, practice, try it out before you get to the airport because <laughs> it's something you want to be familiar with before you have to execute. Before the flight attendant is breathing down <laughs> your neck. <clears throat> um, so that kind of covers. And then on the other end, you'll be using the seatbelt. Um in the car, destination car, wherever you're landing, whether it's a rental or a friend or family, um, make sure that you're familiar with how to properly install that um, carrier without the base. Now, Amy had mentioned lap babies. Talk to us a little bit about what the FAA rules are about kids in car seats and what are what should a parent be thinking about and why 
does the FAA allow a child to be carried on a lap? You know, I'm not sure that I know why, um, but I do know that the FAA allows you to have a baby, a small baby up to age two on your lap. Um, they do not allow you to have them in a carrier during takeoff or landing. So what she means by carrier is like the, the pouches on the front and, and the like sling that, kind yeah, of things. The ergo baby carrier or whatever. Um, so you're not allowed to use those during takeoff or landing, and those are the most dangerous parts of your trip. Um, and that's really when you actually want to have the child in a proper restraint. So the reason that they allow it, <clears throat> so uh, why would we allow a parent to hold their child on the airplane, but we don't allow it in a car? <laughs> That's you know kind of what we're getting at here. Um, in an airplane, it's a, a very, very safe means of travel. Um, the number of, of injuries or fatalities during flight are very, very, very small when compared to being in your car. And secondly, when we're talking about kids, what we're most concerned about from the safety uh, aspect of it is we really want to prevent children from becoming projectiles flying around the cabin of the aircraft during turbulence or those um, times when it's most uh, turbulent in the aircraft and takeoff and landing just by nature of, of taxiing and, and taking off and landing, that's when there's the most um, movement around the cabin. So that's when they're most concerned about keeping the kids, um, at least uh, the parents having a tight grip on the children <laughs> so that they don't become a projectile uh, flying around the cabin. Uh, if an airplane were to fall out of the sky and crash, um, the crash dynamics are so significant and so extreme that they're not really thinking about crash dynamics the way that we think about crash dynamics in the car. Um, it's just a very different and statistically very, very, very uh, infrequent and low risk uh, scenario or low probability scenario, I should say. So that's why the FAA, when they look at across the board of what it's the most dangerous thing, uh, you know, children two years and under can most likely be properly uh, protected by their parents, even though the kid's on the lap. Now, from a safety perspective. Well, from, that kind of in turbulence, sometimes that comes up unexpectedly. You might not actually have a good grasp on your child when you hit turbulence in the air. And correct. then that could be bad for the child. Which is why, from the safety community perspective, the best practice recommendation is actually to take a car seat with you. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, I just wanted to add that... Um, Having a car seat with you, even uh, even for an infant, is actually quite handy um, because then you have a place to set your child and they can sleep and then you're not holding them while they're sleeping. So it's a lot more comfortable for you, com comfortable for them and safer at the same time. So, And that's what we found as parents was that um, our children's, you know, taking their car seat with them or a car seat 
that they were familiar with the feel of being in a car seat um, was very comfortable for them. So they were much more relaxed and less anxious on the airplane, which was they nice. Often slept. <laughs> um, but we also recognize that car seats are big and bulky and heavy and um, may not be the most convenient thing to haul through the airport and onto the airplane, especially if you have more than one child. Um, so a couple of things to think about. Um, one thing that we had done, um, is we went and we found a lightweight, inexpensive, certified car seat, convertible car seat that could go rear facing or forward facing. And we used that one to take on the airplane with us. When our kids were toddlers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when our kids were... were um, past the, the infant carrier stage. Yeah, past the infant carrier stage. Um, and we did that because um, all car seats... So if you go down to the local big box uh, store and you're looking in the car seat aisle, every car seat that's being sold is certified. So they, they all pass the same minimum safety requirements. Um, the bigger and bulkier seats may have higher weight limits. They may have more features. They may have um, a more expanded utility range. For example, like an all-in-one car seat is engineered to go rear-facing with the harness forward facing with the harness and function as a booster seat for a child up to a hundred pounds or maybe more. So a more simple seat would likely be lighter and less bulky. Um, some car seats offer suggestions, but they, they change, change all the time. So <laughs> we're not going to do that here, but we're just going to talk about, you know, like, so, Think about the features that a car seat has as opposed to the brand or um, the style. Uh, you might be able to find a lightweight, easy to use car seat that may not have as many uh, bells and whistles as the car seat in your car. That would make traveling easier uh, and more convenient. Now, once uh, what's nice about that too, is, uh, not bringing your car seat is one you, it's usually going to be lighter. You, you get to leave your car seat in the car, which is beneficial because then you don't have to take out and reinstall your car seat, especially if you have a nice, good install. And when you come back, it's already installed in your car. So, you know, after hours of flying and your kids are tired and you're kind of on your edge of your rope too, you can just get in your car buckle your child in and go. You don't have to worry about installing a seat and all that. So it's already there. Ready. Um, so when you, so I think we've covered the airplane, um, getting to the airport, um, pretty much the shuttles, um, a lot, you know, let's say you park in a, in a, at the airport and you end up in a shuttle ride, uh, between the parking lot and the airplane or the airport a lot of times those vehicles are not going to have um, seatbelts for installing a car seat anyway. So just do the best that you can to uh, 
protect your child between the airport or between the parking lot and the airport, uh, you're you're looking at a very low risk um, scenario. There, you've got a train driver, you have a large vehicle, they have a very set path. Usually low speed. Usually low speed. So just keep that in mind that it's a very low risk exposure um, in those shuttles. Um, now let's talk about getting and landing on the other end. <laughs> well, if you have your car seat, then if you're renting a car or getting into another person's car, then you, you have a car seat, so you don't have to worry about it. The question is when you don't travel with your car seat and you have to rent a car seat where you're going. Is that a good idea? So talk about what are, they, what are the, some of the concerns that they might have to uh, think about before they decide to rent a car seat. Well, one concern is whether or not that car seat is up to date, whether or not it's clean. Um, you also have to be worried about whether or not you know how to install it and use it. Um, it's a different car seat. You might not be familiar with it. it might be difficult to install. Yeah, and um, so car rental agencies <clears throat> typically don't have certified child passenger safety technicians on staff. So they may or may not be familiar with the proper cleaning, maintenance. Um, car seats actually do expire. Um, the other thing is that you don't know the crash history of the car seat. You know, we can assume that it's never been in a crash, but do we really know that? Um, and car seats are typically a one-use thing. Um, so after a car crash, the, the car seat should be replaced. Um, and as a, and a rental car, you really don't know the history of that seat. You don't know how it's been used. You don't know how it's been cleaned. Uh, car seat manufacturers have very specific uh, cleaning criteria for how to clean their seats, how not to, or what products to not use. You don't want to use, you know, strong solvents or heavy chemicals, all these kinds of things. Um, all these kinds of things that uh, could potentially reduce the effectiveness of the car seat. So uh, it is a better idea to bring your own. And then, you know, they're going to charge anywhere from 9 to $15 a day to rent that car seat. So, you know, could you go purchase your own uh, low-cost car seat and take it with you? Uh, it's going to be... Uh, it should be giving you a, a more peace of mind doing it that way. Um, another thing that you can be thinking about uh, at Safe Ride for Kids, we sell a product called the Ride Safer Travel Vest, which is a certified child restraint system for children three years old and 30 pounds and up. So obviously you can't use a Ride Safer on a rear-facing child, on a child under three years old. But certainly uh, makes <laughs> traveling with your kids once they're uh, past that 30-pound mark a whole lot more convenient because the Ride Safer Travel Vest pretty much is the size of a sweatshirt, I would say. Uh, you can stuff it in your carry-on. Even if you get a lightweight car seat, that's <clears throat> a, say if you could find one, only 10 pounds, the Ride Safer is only one. 
Yep, it's super simple to travel with, uh, super simple to use. You can use it in any car that has a seatbelt, a lap and shoulder seatbelt. And even if uh, it's a lap only seatbelt, as long as there's a tether, you can still use the Ride Safer Travel Vest. You know what's great about the Ride Safer Travel Vest? What I liked best about it? Our kids carried it themselves. <laughs> yes, they'd go through the airport with their carrying their own car seat. Um, I know for some of you that sounds like a dream, <laughs> having your kid carry their own car seat. We attached it to their backpack and they carried it on in their carry-on backpack. Um, so another thing to be thinking about when you land is what are the car seat laws in the state where you're going, where you're traveling, um, the state or the country? Um, I would say most countries uh, have... How do I say this? <laughs> Let's say you're going to Europe. Technically, any car seat from the United States is illegal to use in Europe. Any European car seat would technically be illegal to use in the United States. And the reason for that is that in the United States, the most, almost every state law says that you must use a child restraint that is certified to federal motor vehicle safety standards. Most European seats are not certified to the United States safety standards. They and are vice versa. And vice versa. So that is not a matter of being safe or not safe. It's just a technicality of being tested to meet the United States standards versus the federal or the uh, European standards. Now, most officers who pull you over on the side of the road are not going to know the difference and are not going to check. But when we hear, we often hear uh, questions, you know, is the ride safer legal in Europe? Technically, no, not yet. Um, as of uh, 2020, um, the manufacturer is working on getting a version of the Ride Safer certified for Europe. Um, but the question is, is your child safe? And when you go to other parts of the world, um, the good news is the laws of physics don't change. So uh, as long as your child is going to be safe, the odds of getting any kind of legal citation are very, 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 very small. We don't have any... Um, in the last eight years that we've been in business, we've never heard of a, somebody getting cited outside of the United States. Um, and the other we, thing about, you know, we've only heard of one issue of traveling internationally with a ride safer. And that was the car rental would not let them leave with just the ride safer. They had to rent a car seat from them so they could leave the lot. And um, that's happened not only internationally, but uh, within the United States as well. So um, be prepared to explain that the Ride Safer, the Ride Safer is a certified child restraint system, even though it looks unconventional. Um, the other thing that you want to be thinking about is the laws of the state that you're in. They do vary from state to state, uh, but as long as you're following the best practice recommendations, you're pretty much going to exceed the state minimums no matter where you're going. Um, 
you want to talk real quickly just about the difference between state law versus best practice? I'm sure we can go into it real quick. I'm sure we're going to have another podcast about it. But um, basically, state laws are considered the minimum standard. Um, That's what the state legislatures feel that they can enforce without overstepping and that people will actually follow. Um, um, But best practice is usually uh, a a better, it's uh, keeping your- More comprehensive. More comprehensive. It's uh, keeping your kids longer in a certain car seat or a certain um, stage of car seat. And- Pretty much if you're following the best (laughs) practice recommendations uh, that you find on our website and and most safety-oriented websites, uh, you're going to be exceeding the law. Yeah, I just want to mention real quick, um, some international laws for car seats do actually allow <clears throat> for seats that are certified elsewhere. Um, one place I can think of is in Mexico. It actually says that if your seat is certified in the U.S., then it's okay. Um, also, New, New Zealand says that. There are some places that do not allow that and actually in some say they enforce it, um, such as Australia. You actually, Australian law says that you have to get an Australian certified seat and they will ticket you for it if they catch you with a seat from somewhere else. Um, other places, though, I think the thinking is that if you're a tourist, you're using your car seat from your home, they're not going to expect you to buy one for their country because that would be bad for tourism. Yeah. Um, so, where do taxis and rideshare uh, services fall into this whole car seat and car seat law thing? Um, in most states, um, actually fewer than I thought originally, but I just reviewed all the state laws again, and um, there are more than I thought that are not exempt, but in most states, they taxis are exempt. Ride shares are different. In most states, they're not considered a for-hire vehicle, and so they follow passenger car seat laws. So what you're saying is that in, in a lot of states, taxis may not require the use of a car seat. Right. But in most states, um, ride share like Uber and Lyft and stuff are considered passenger cars and are therefore even if a taxi might be exempt in that state, the ride shares are not. Right. Um, the last we've heard from um, a recent study is that only one state, um, mm-hmm, let me, oh, wait, I, I don't think I'm reading that right. <laughs> okay. Um, but the, the, again, going back to the principle that the laws of physics don't change when you cross state boundaries, so as long as you are doing best practice, uh, you're going. Your child's going to be protected in a taxi, and taxis are not somehow magically exempt from being in car crashes. So we do recommend that you use a certified child restraint in the car, whether you're in a taxi, a rideshare, a rental car, or your own personal vehicle. And a, a lot of rideshare companies are really um, pushing using car seats and denying rides if you're not because they've been in the news a lot for allowing people to ride with their kids without a car seat. So 
um, they're taking a little bit of heat, and so they're they're going to refuse your ride. And again, if your kid is um, three years old or older, three years, 30 pounds or bigger, um, the Ride Safer is an amazingly easy uh, child restraint system to travel with. It just makes it that much easier to hop in the car, throw on the seatbelt, and use the Ride Safer vest, uh, keep your child safe, and it's convenient. Um, I think that was pretty much all we had to say about that. Um, oh, I did want to share, where can you find uh, the car seat law for your state? Amy just said that she reviewed all the car seat laws. We actually have a page at on our website, saferideforkids.com, and you can use our short code to get there, which is SR4, the number 4, K.com, which is the abbreviation for Safe Ride for Kids. So sr4k.com forward slash. Did did you look this up? Is there a shortcut? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's CPS Tech is actually. That takes you to the CPS Tech page. Um, Oh. But if, okay, no, I just tried it. (laughs) sr4k.com forward slash laws, and it takes you to the car seat law page. So that is an interactive map where you can just click on the map and find the actual state statute for that state. Again, I review those um, every year and update them. If any changes have been made, they've been updated. Uh, It does list when when I last checked and updated them, and um, just so you know, I just did it two weeks ago. And um, this is October of 2020 right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The other thing to think about is anytime that you are in a taxi or a ride share, please make sure that all occupants are wearing their seatbelts. Any car crash, the occupants can become a projectile. Uh, So make sure that everybody in the car is wearing a seatbelt for your safety and theirs. And with that, we're going to jump into this week's safety tip. Uh, This may be the biggest tip for stress-free travel with kids um, because you never know what's going to happen when you're traveling. There's delays. There's eating junk food because you can't get anything healthy. There's waiting in lines. There's skipped naps because you're loading right when your children usually nap. It's, you know, you never know what you're going to run into when you're traveling with kids. So the best thing to do is just stay calm. Anticipate that nothing's going to go as your normal routine and just get flexible as a parent and uh, just roll with it. And and the, the kids will hopefully take the cue from you and stay as, as calm as they can. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned that. Back when I was on the department, um, it was amazing how much parents take the cue from their parents on how to react to things. If the parent is stressed and wigged out, um, you can pretty much expect the kid to be stressed and wigged out. And sometimes the best thing that we could do, you know, let's say the kid, you know, got hurt and broke their arm or something like that was actually to create a little distance between the parent and the child so that the medic could, um, infuse calm (laughs) into this scenario. So when, when you're at the airport and you're traveling and, Um, I think the best thing we can do is be calm and infuse calmness into the equation and the kids will take the cue from that. Yep, that's really important. And then for this week's 
parenting tip? Speak the way you want. Um, so basically don't use negative. Oh, I just used the <laughs> negative. Speak in the positive. It's, it's hard. It, we, um, we started practicing this when our kids were little and it took a long time to stop saying, don't run into the street, but rather saying, stop before you run into the street. Stop before you get to the street. Or even stay on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, this goes way back into the way that our brain actually processes information. Um, you know, if I say to you, don't think of a red sports car, your mind actually has to create the image of a red sports car and then try to negate it. And it doesn't work that way. You can't do that. You can't not think about something. Especially when you're going real fast. You know, something's happening real fast. They have to listen to you right now. They can't think of it and then say, oh yeah, not do that. So the as a parent, uh, the challenge is to always try to speak in the way that you want it to be. Um, so if you want them to stay calm, you say, stay calm. If you want them to hold on tight when they're climbing up in the tree, instead of saying, don't fall, you say, hold be on careful. tight, be careful, go slow. So think about that and, and really start to pay attention to how you talk to the kids. Um, when you're giving instruction and just notice how many times you say don't, don't. <laughs> and with that thanks for joining us this week on where the rubber meets the road with safe ride for kids i will safe <laughs>